Lecture Topic Lifeline of Sunnah One is that dunya is a place of challenge, dunya is a place of test. So some tests and challenges come to anyone, even those who are very close to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, they get tested as well. But then there are those issues and those difficulties and hardships which come as a result of our actions. So we all the time are talking about problems, or difficulties, but the solution is also in front of us. If we have problems, then there's also the solution. So the solution in the light of this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, where Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that declare to the entire mankind, and declare to the mu'mineen in particular, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي Let's say if you love Allah, if this is your claim, then if this is your claim, then you have to live up to the claim. Any claim that a person makes, so he's making a claim, so he must now live up to it, he must prove himself. Mere lip service is not going to be good enough. So he's making a claim of loving Allah Ta'ala, having Iman in Allah Ta'ala. Then the only way of proving that is Fattabi'uni. That follow me, follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the outcome of this will be Yuhbibukumullahu wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum. This is the barakat of following in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam's entire being was in entirety barakat. Barakat in every sense. Barakat for the whole of humanity. Barakat for one and all. In one hadith sharif, in fact in the ayat of the Quran sharif, Allah ta'ala says to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ That Allah Ta'ala will not bring about such a punishment that will destroy everybody while you are also present. In the past nations, these kind of azabs came. From several nations, many nations, this kind of azab came. Only the handful of believers and the true mu'mineen they were saved, everyone besides them got completely destroyed. The floods came in the time of Nuh Ali Besides Nuh Ali and those who followed him, handful, those who just were enough to be able to be accommodated on his ark, and the rest completely annihilated, completely destroyed. Not a single soul survived. 
And likewise the many many incidents mentioned in the Quran Sharif, the people of Hud and the people of Salih and likewise the people of Shu'ib and the nation of Lut after the various warnings, different chances and respite that they were given but when eventually they didn't take heed, Allah Ta'ala's azab came in different forms. On somebody the azab came in the form of water and destroyed everyone besides those who Allah Ta'ala saved, the true believers. And in some cases it came in the form of wind, severe wind that destroyed them, left them huge people, tall people, giants, but they were all left like trees lying on the floor, huge date palms just lying on the floor. That's what they resembled. And on some was the shriek, a very major sound and shrieking sound. (coughs) The sound caused their hearts to burst and they died. All the disbelievers. And on the nation of Lut despite Lut reminding them over and over again, but they continued in their errant ways. So eventually when the time of the azab came, Lut was asked to leave the town. And together with those who, his immediate family, they left the town. And then Allah Ta'ala's azab came. That Jibreel lifted this entire place on the tip of his wing, took it all the way up to the skies, and turned it upside down and flung it to the floor and flung it so hard on the ground that that became the deepest point on earth and it became so dead that till today is called the Dead Sea and not that was the end of it and then stones were rained upon them each person for whom that stone was meant for his name was written on it too all these azabs came on different nations and those who believed only got saved, the rest were completely annihilated and destroyed. But then came the last and final Nabi of Allah wa Ta'ala, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Ta'ala says, your barakat is such that as long as now that you have come, Yes, Akhirat is still coming. Those who fail to take heed, they will face the consequences of their actions in Akhirat. And what will happen in dunya also is still possible that many kinds of chastisement, reminders, punishment may come in dunya also and come from time to time. But that kind of all-encompassing and annihilating punishment which destroyed the entire nation, that was removed from this ummah with the barakat of Rasulullah with the barakat of rahmatul lil alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam his entire being was in totality barakat in every sense merely his presence was such a great barakat that humanity got saved despite being so far away and the minority only having really taken to the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his Mubarak lifetime from all the people of the earth. It was the minority compared to the rest. 
But yet Allah Ta'ala didn't bring about a complete destruction of the entire disbelieving nations. This was the barakat of Rasulullah They had still chance. And despite, if not today, maybe tomorrow. If not tomorrow, maybe the next day, somebody will still come to his realization and come to his senses and come to the reality and come to the way of Rasulullah sallam. So Allah wa ta'ala sent Nabi Kareem sallam as Rahmat. So his Rahmat, his Rahmat is all encompassing in every facet. But the greatest Rahmat that he was was that he brought such a way of life which was to be the pathway to the everlasting success. <coughs> One is dunya, dunya is dunya, dunya is all kinds of challenges coming dunya to anyone and everyone. It comes to some because of their sins, it comes to others also because of their test to them, because as a test to them, to test their commitment to Allah wa ta'ala and how firm they are in their claim of their love for Allah wa ta'ala. But then there's a time when this dunya is going to end, for everybody is going to end. Each person when he passes away, his dunya finished off. He's already into akhirat. And one day will come, the whole dunya will perish. When qiyamah comes, nothing will remain. But then is the real life. This worldly life Allah Ta'ala describes in the Quran Sharif, Amal hayatul dunya illa mata'ul ghurur. Just goods of deception. Person gets deceived by so many things in dunya. Thinks that things will now, he has everything secured, everything in place, nothing can harm him in any way, he is so well taken care of, and then suddenly he realizes nothing is helping. Allah Ta'ala protects us from all these halal. So Allah Ta'ala describes as Mata'ul Ghurur, sooner or later one day he will deceive a person. That day will come when he has to leave this dunya, his eyes closed, it will all deceive him. Where he thought this will be at my aid whenever I need it. Say, now you go yourself, I'm not coming. Now you go along with your iman and amal. If you had enough amal, that will be your benefit. If not, well, we can't come anywhere near, you go on your own. We'll now go to somebody else. So the real thing is Akhirat and Nabi Kareem sallallahu his rahmat was that he brought that way of life which will not only secure dunya for a person at the good of dunya but will secure for him the everlasting good of Akhirat. That good of Akhirat which nobody can even imagine ma la aynun ra'at wa la udhunun sami'at wa la khatar ala qalbi bashar which Nabi quotes from Allah wa ta'ala, hadith Qudsi, that for my pious servants I have in Jannat which no eye has seen, no ear has heard of, and no heart and mind can ever imagine, hasn't crossed anybody's mind also, and can never cross anybody's mind. So now this Mubarak way of life that Nabi Kareem sallallahu brought, this is what is called Sunnah. Sunnah is not confined to any one aspect of life, it is all encompassing. Every facet of life is governed by this Mubarak way that's called Sunnah. 
And in one hadith sharif, Nabi Kareem says, Man tamassaka bi sunnati inda fasadi ummati falahu ajru mi'ati shaheed. Subhanallah. Before understanding the meaning of the hadith sharif, in this hadith sharif is the reward that is mentioned of a person who is a shaheed, person who gives his life for Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala who becomes a martyr. So the reward of the martyr is that before he a drop of blood also of his falls onto the ground is forgiven. And the martyrs have such a high rank in Akhirat that Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala declares about them in the Quran Sharif, Wala taqulu yuqtalu fi sabilillahi abwata. Bal ahya'un inda Rabbihim yurzaqoon that those who have been martyred in front of your eyes that person's life is gone but Allah Ta'ala says don't call them dead they have died in a sense of that they're no more in dunya that person is not going to remain in dunya he has to be buried so he's passed away but his passing away is in terms of dunya but in terms of akhirat he has a very special position such a special position that Allah Ta'ala says, don't even refer to him as dead. بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ They have a special life. And they are nourished and given risk by their Rabb. So now this is such a great position of the Shaheed. In this Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, that مَنْ تَمَسَّكَ بِسُنَّتِي عِنْدَ فَسَادِ أُمَّتِي the one who holds on tamassaka, very firmly holds on to my sunnah when there is corruption in the ummah then for him is not the reward of one shaheed falahu ajru mi'ati shaheed for him is the reward of a hundred martyrs now this is the reward of one martyr for this person is the reward of a hundred martyrs so now the first thing is that Nabi Sallallahu gives the example of Man Tamassak Literally this is to hold fast where a person is holding on to some rope a person is drowning and somebody has thrown a lifeline to him thrown some rope to him and he's going to hold it with one hand and the other hand maybe he's going to be busy texting something looking at his messages maybe he will hold on to that with both hands and hold on for dear life he is going to probably hold on with maybe one hand very loosely and be looking around at the scenery maybe. He is drowning, where he has got any time to worry about scenery. And where he is going to think about any messages at that time. And he forgot to update his status maybe. So now maybe, now what is his status? His status is he is drowning. Because he didn't enhance his position and status in the eyes of all his followers. Because everybody has a following now. So now in that time too, maybe this might be a, you know, a moment to capture now. How he's drowning. Whose mind will go in that direction at that moment? Now that is the picture that is being given to us. That the person who is in this very, very severe situation where the seas and the tide in the 
Umba at large, it is gone to a peak. There's huge waves pounding from every direction. And a person, if he has any understanding of the value of his Iman, like that person in the midst of the ocean, knows what's life and what's death, and he's trying to save his life. So he's not taking chances, because he wants to save his He knows now, if, if this slips out of my hand, I'm dead. I need to save myself, I need to hold on to this very fast. Now I can't be bothered about anything else. Now that is the message that is being given to us. Man tamasaka bisunmati. So it's an example that is being given of something that is perceptible. Otherwise the sunnah is not something tangible that a person is going to hold with his hands. That is something he is going to hold on to in a different manner. But the example that is being given is of something that can be understood by a person physically doing something. So that we understand what is really being said. That it is not something that is just a casual thing. Something just, well by the way, I am also there, it's fine. I also got one hand. Maybe I am touching it. So now if I am touching it, the rope also, then I will be saved. If I touch the rope, that's not going to save me. I'll have to hold on, not with one hand, both hands. In those rough seas. So now the seas of fitna from all directions, when they are crashing on a person, on the ummah. At that time, what is going to be the lifeline? So that lifeline is being taught to us. That when from all sides, the, fit, the waves of fitna are crashing down, then the lifeline is sunnat. And man tamasaka bi sunnati, the one who holds on very, very firmly to it. Not by the way, in the fasadi ummati, when there's corruption in the ummat, corruption in what? In whatever, and in anything and everything. This corruption that seeps in from the line of aqaid, that people start hearing all new kinds of things and reading of this, that and the other, listening to anything and everything, and then people are latching on to beliefs which are totally averse to deen, and things that if a person starts taking that as his belief, he loses iman. Now that's a corruption. And this time and age that we are in, where this is a direct attack now, from every direction on iman itself. All kinds of things that now there's a one world, one religion world, one world religion, whichever way they're saying it, meaning that is the target. How to bring it onto a kind of one religion in the world where all religions become so-called one. Now all religions become become so-called one. What it means is that now everybody must say everybody is right. Everybody must say everybody is right and everybody is going to heaven. So what does that do to the Iman of a Mu'min who says La ilaha illallah? Who says Muhammadur Rasulullah? On one occasion, Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala he got hold of some pages of the Torah which the Yahud had. So the Torah was obviously like the Injil, like the Bible. The Torah also had been 
a lot of changes they made in it and interpolations, what not. But nevertheless, there were some parts of it that were still the original also. So it's all a mixture. But nevertheless, after the Quran Sharif was revealed, all this was now completely abrogated, completely cancelled. In any case, he got hold of some of these pages. So, being the pages of the Torah, he came to Rasulullah's company and he started reading it. Uh, he's busy reading and he is not at that moment observing that the Mubarak face of Rasulullah is changing color out of anger. It's becoming upset. So Abu Siddiq was seated there. He noticed and he alerted Hazrat Umar aren't you seeing what's going on? When he looked and realized that Nabi Salaam is extremely upset, he immediately folded that and he started repeating Radira Billahi Rabba Abil Islam Idina Abi Muhammadin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Rasula. We are pleased with Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala being our Rabb, Islam being our deen, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being our Rasul and Messenger, meaning we will not be looking in any other direction. This was a mistake. So when he nevertheless acknowledged his mistake, I should have never read this, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu then asked him that are you also in this, you are floundering here and there? Meaning he didn't do that, but this is, meaning if you're going to do this, you're going to take this and that and the other, then you will end up going astray. Ladalaltum. And then Nabi Islam said that had Musa been alive today and you decided to follow him, you still go astray. Not because he, Nawazubillah, is anything wrong with him, but because you left your Nabi and went somewhere else, you still go astray. And in fact, Musa had he been alive, Laukana Musa Hayyan, Lama Wasi'ahu illa Tiba'i. Nabi Islam had Musa been present today, he too would have followed me only. So after the last and final Nabi of Allah Taala has come, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu being Khatamun Nabiyyin, and he came with the last and final book of Allah Taala, all the other deens are abrogated, all the other scriptures are now abrogated. We believe in every kitab of Allah Taala being the kitab of Allah Taala which was revealed by Allah Taala, and we believe in all the Ambiya Ali Wasallam. But after Rasulullah has come, the only path to salvation is to follow in his footsteps, in his sunnah, his way of life. There is no salvation in anything else. And there is no such thing as all the rivers are all meet up in the ocean, so the ocean is one. No, no, we say La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship but Allah Ta'ala. And now somebody else is saying, no, Allah Nauzubillah has a son, and somebody is saying La ilaha illallah, and both are right. That's, that's the fitna. That's the fitna on Aqaid. And it is sometimes maybe to somebody who's not probably confronted with it, who hasn't been exposed to it, it might sound like a very far-fetched thing. People are getting the shock of their lives because they're realizing it in their homes. Somebody's son is one day waking up and speaking this kind of story and somebody's daughter is suddenly talking something of some very strange things of the same nature. And people are suddenly getting a rude shock that where this came from, where it came from is what we allowed to happen. 
we reading anything, we listening to anything, everything goes on, everything is fine. But it's not fine. Far from fine. So we have been given this deen, this last and final deen of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, Inna Deena Indallahi Islam. The only deen of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala is Islam now. Otherwise, what was Nabi Kareem's whole life of making an effort to bring La ilaha illallah alive, what was that for then? All the sacrifice underwent, what was that for? So in any case, the fitna now, Man tamassaka bi sunnati in the fasadi ummati. When there's corruption in the ummah, in the line of fitna, fitna on aqaid, now different fitnas, the fitna of all the immorality that is now sweeping like a tsunami so now what must a mu'min also say Billah? what he is being he is being made to say and many unfortunately start saying it no no everything is fine if somebody wants to live the life of this LGBT fitna it's up to him it's fine for him it's okay everybody must have their choice Billah. what happens to Iman then so now whether it is the fitna from the line of aqidah fitna from the line of amal that now people discard a'mal salah how many percent of the ummah is performing salah five times a day not four times four times a day is not a musalli musalli is five times a day so what percentage of the ummah is on salah so now this is corruption in the ummah from the direction of a'mal that this is salah zakat how many are fully discharging their zakat and then likewise all the other amal of deen and then fasad in the ummah from the direction of muamalat dealings that there is no concern about halal haram dealing in a correct manner dealing in a way that doesn't contradict anything in shariat how often dealings are taking place in ways which are totally haram and a person is happy about himself no no I just I did a deal there was an investment and so many percent profit profit on what? from where? Oh, profit on investment I invested 100,000 I'll get 10% of 100,000 so what's the difference between that and interest? calling it profit doesn't make it profit it has to be in reality profit which is out of a valid trade and the actual profits earned there will be a share of that then it's something that's also a very broad description so many details to it so whether it's mu'amalat whether it's from the line of mu'asharat and social life where all kinds of things start taking place and people forget that they are the ummatis of Rasulullah forget that they are the servants of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala so now this what we are talking about what elaboration is required to convince a person that we are living at the time which Nabi Islam has described in this Hadith Sharif Man tamassaka bi sunnati in the fasadi ummati which line and angle has been left out from where there is no fitna from every angle there is some kind of fitna on the ummat so now when this is the general situation so now this is the lifeline and if a person wants to be safe man tamassaka bi sunnati the one who holds fast onto my sunnah 
Then what he will get? Falahu ajrumi shaheed. The person on the battlefront, the person on the battlefield, he gave his life for Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, he's done a tremendously great amal, but that's gone once. He was martyred, obviously gave a very great sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice, and if he gave it with ikhlas, then that very great position for him, what we discussed. But that is done once, gone. And that person who is holding on to the sunnah very, very firmly, when there's fasad in the ummah, he is getting the reward of hundred martyrs, because he gets martyred like hundred times. Because when there's fasad all around, so now he would be constantly under test. He wants to do the right thing and somebody will taunt him. He wants to do the right thing and somebody will make a mockery of him. He wants to stay out of the haram gatherings and somebody will call him you living in the camel ages. He wants to dress like a Muslim and somebody will tell him that you looking like somebody got lost from the old, olden times, got left behind by mistake. What kinds of comments and then social pressure, and then there'll be family pressure on him, and then sometimes his near and dear ones will be dragging him in the wrong direction, and he'll want to have to remain firm, and on each of these occasions he'll be like he's getting martyred. And he's remaining firm because of this repeated martyrdom, figuratively speaking. Martyrdom not of his life or of his neck being cut off, but within himself. That summer that he's going to have to make, that bitter gulf that he's going to have to keep taking, but he is not wavering from the path of the Sunnah. So for this person is Falahu Ajru Mi'ati Shaheed, for him is a, the reward of a hundred martyrs, because he's constantly being martyred. So now this aspect about holding fast onto the Sunnah. The Sunnah generally, our mind goes in a very, very confined manner. And definitely our mind where it goes is part of the Sunnah. But it is part of the Sunnah. There are many things which Nabi Karim Salaam described and he described it is Min Sunnati, Nikah. We, every time we attend a Nikah, we hear the khutbah of the Nikah being recited. And in that the Hadith Sharif that is recited as well, An Nikahu Min Sunnati. Nikah is from my sunnah. It is a part of my sunnah. So nikah is a very important amal. And it is part of the sunnah of Rasulullah But if somebody makes amal on nikah, so he says I made amal on the sunnah, I go to do nothing else now, I'm done. No, no, he's made amal on a sunnah definitely, very, very great. But there's still much, much more. So nikah is not the entire sunnah. Part of the Sunnah. In one Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem Salaam addressed Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala. And he said to him, Ya Bunayya, in qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. The crux of this is, O my beloved son, keep your heart clean of malice for everyone. Don't ever harbor any malice. Now, Malice is something in the heart. 
generally our understanding of sunnah is only things that we can see outside we can see mashallah somebody is eating in the sunnah manner alhamdulillah definitely that's part of sunnah somebody is using the miswak a very important sunnah it's a sunnah that will elevate the rank of the salah the person who performs the salah after having used the miswak when making wudu then that salah is 70 times more valuable the effect of sunnah how imagine a person one is now he bought something for thousand rands and he sold it for seventy thousand rands but thousand rand is nothing even million rand now is a very small example for that person bought something for million rand and he sold it for seventy million he got seventy million in return you see subhanallah what this person he make it billion then but this whole billion and million and trillion whatever but it can't equate to the value of one sunnah So now this is a sunnah definitely, but we understand sunnah only confined to things that we can see happening outwardly. Indeed, these are all very great sunnahs. But now this is something inside the heart. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying to us, keep your heart clean of malice. Why? فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّةِ Because this is from my sunnah. Sunnah, this is my way of life. This is how I live. I live with a clean heart. And on this occasion, Nabi Kareem then said, وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ After having mentioned about having a clean heart being his sunnah, being from his sunnah, Nabi then says, وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ The one who loves my sunnah will be with me in Jannah. So whether it is the miswak is also part of the sunnah, whether it is the matter of keeping the heart clean of malice is also part of the sunnah, and likewise every aspect of life, the five fard salah is part of the sunnah of Rasulullah meaning it is part of his way of life that he never ever missed out a salah. And he emphasized it very very strongly and emphasize the salah in the masjid very strongly as well many many ahadis time is already limited but now that is part of his sunnah the faraiz is part of the sunnah the way of life so some aspects in the way of life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu are categorized as farz Allah ta'ala made it farz and the wajib is also part of his way of life and likewise the sunnah al-mu'akkada and the ghair mu'akkada and the mustahabbat and the nawafil and the external aspects of sunnah and the internal aspects of sunnah all this is part of the way of life of Rasulullah and in this hadith sharif what is being mentioned is man tamassaka bi sunnati the one who holds on to my way of life so the way of life of Nabi Kareem to the Fajr Salah, one is Nabi Kareem Salah's life of his day, his daily life started off with Tahajjud and lengthy rakats of Tahajjud. But Allah Ta'ala didn't make that compulsory on the Ummah, but a very, very great virtue. But then no compromise on the Farz. So now the way of life of Nabi Kareem Salah that starts off with the Fajr at least, if not before that. That a person now, this is his Mubarak way. If he abandoned his Mubarak way in this regard, then we are already far behind. 
So this too is part of Nabi Karim's way of life. That he performed his Fajarum time, his Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. He gave such great virtues. Man sallal bardain, dakhal al-jannah. All the five salah of extreme importance, but the two cool salahs, this has special virtue above the rest. The Fajr and the Asr, dakhal al-jannah. He'll get a special place in Jannah. The Fajr time the person is fast asleep sometimes and Asr time is too busy. So this highlighted that this is the bigger challenge. Make sure you're there. Person is there for Fajr and Asr, he'll be there for Zohar, Maghrib and Isha. Nabi Kareem Salaam's way of life, the Faraiz, the Wajibad. Nabi Kareem Salaam's way of life, how he lived, his akhlaq, his character. So much of detail about this. Layyin al-janib, sahal al-khuluq. Nabi Kareem Salaam had wonderful character, very easy going. Obviously, within the limits of deen, what is going to be within what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. But being easy going, being a hard natured person, layin al janib, easy going, laysa bi fawdin, he didn't have bad character, wala ghalizin, he wasn't hard hearted, fawz, one meaning of it is, he wasn't foul mouthed, there was never a vulgar word on his tongue ever, wala sahabin, was not one to be screaming and shouting, Never heard from him, screaming and shouting. Challenges came anywhere and everywhere. There were times he became upset with his wives as well. And when he became upset with them on one occasion, he even took some measures to express that upset to the level that for one month he stayed away. Why he got upset? Because some just put forward a request that everybody else is now living it up. There's so much of wealth pouring into Madina Manawara. Our standard of living hasn't changed. But they were the household of Nubuwad. And Nabi Kareem Wasallam could not tolerate this. Allah Ta'ala then sent the ayat of the Quran Sharif after one month passed. That gives them the choice. In kuntunna turidna al-hayata dunya wa zinataha fata'alayna umatti'kunna wa usarrihkunna sarahan jameela. If you want this worldly life, we'll give it to you and we'll release you with honor. إِن كُنَّتْ تُنَّتْ تُرِدْنَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَدَّ لِلْمُحْسِنَاتِ مِنْ كُنَّ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا But if you choose Allah and His Rasul and the abode of Akhirat, then you'll get that great goodness of that as well. Obviously there was no, no question of any one of them thinking any way else but choosing Allah's Nabi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala made this happen. To highlight what caliber this, it was just, one little issue, but the point is that for this kind of thing, Nabi Salaam became upset. For other things, other things didn't become upset. He never screamed, never raised his voice in these matters, and shouted and screamed for these things. But for this, he became upset but didn't scream. But he expressed his, but for what? When it came to the matter of his relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Talking about raising the standard of dunya in the household of Nubuwat, that was not something that could be entertained. So, Laysa Bifazin, Wala Ghalizin, Wala Sakhabin, Wala Ayyabin, he was not one to keep finding fault. All the time, 
is behind someone. Why you didn't do this and how you did this? Anas radiallahu says, I was 10 years, 10 years in the khidmat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu And he came when his mother brought him, he was 10 years old. So a child. And a child, what will a child not end up doing? And so many things will be done upside down. So many things that would, should have been done would have been neglected. Because a child is a child after all. And he says that in all these 10 long years, مَا قَالَ لِي أُفٍ قَدْتُ Not on a single occasion, Nabi Islam expressed his irritation to me. Never said, uff as well. وَلَا لِشَيْءٍ فَعَلْتُهُ لِمَا فَعَلْتَهُ If I did something which I shouldn't have done, obviously not something that crossed the boundaries of deen. Now something was supposed to be, now, done in a certain way, I did it differently. So I spoiled it maybe, or whatever else. Never ever ask me why you did it like that. Or something that I neglected, some work should have been done, I didn't do it, why you didn't do it? Ten years is not a small time. And in ten years, he says not once, Nabi Islam said, oof to me. And he says these will be times when Nabi Islam would send me on an errand. I would come out and get busy playing with the children. Nabi Karim Salaam would come and he'll see uh, so much time has passed, I'm still busy playing. So he says, I told you to do certain thing, I see yes, I'm going to do it now. I'll go and do it. Then I'll run off. But the point is, that Nabi Karim Salaam's akhlaq, his character, this was part of his sunnah, part of his way of life. And man tamassaka bi sunnati, in the fasadi ummati, the one who will hold on firmly to my sunnah, when my ummah is in now this fasad and corruption, then falahu ajru mi'ati shaheed. And there's so much more in it, time has run out. The point is that this is the prescription. The prescription to all the issues, all the difficulties, the problems, all the things that we complain about, whether on a personal note, whether about things in a domestic level, whether in terms of a community situation, whether the ummah at large, the peace, the happiness, the prosperity that we are desiring, all the other good things that we want, and more than everything else, that everlasting success of akhirat that we are desiring, that is only to be found, man tamassaka bi sunnati, in the fasadi ummati, falahu ajrumiyati shaheed, it is in that following and holding fast, onto the Mubarak way of Rasulullah it's not available anywhere else and to the extent that a person will hold on to this to the extent on an individual level he'll do it, he'll benefit and as a household it will be done then peace will come into their home then there will be happiness in their home and as far as it gets extended then this benefit will be enjoyed by all Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we learn the Mubarak way of life. We learn about, and this is the need that we have to read up the seerat of Rasulullah We inquire from ulama kiram authentic books on the Mubarak seerah of Rasulullah Read to our families. Acquaint ourselves, acquaint them. What was his Mubarak life? How he lived? How he conducted himself? What was his ibadat like? What was his akhlaq all about? What was his way with children? What was his way with his wives? 
How did he, did he conduct himself as a person among others? And all the, the things of his Mubarak heart, what fervor of deen, and what fikr and concern of akhirat, and what connection with Allah ta'ala, and what was the cry of his heart? What was his day, what was his night? To learn about this, to become acquainted with it. And in this process, by learning more, we learn about his Mubarak life and the greatness of his Mubarak life. To that extent, this will create muhabbat. It will generate love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa And to the extent that there will be muhabbat, to that extent there will be ittiba'i sunnat. That muhabbat will drive one towards ittiba'i sunnat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us all with this muhabbat. Allah ta'ala bless us with the ittiba'i sunnat. Allah ta'ala make us among the true ummatis of Rasul Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi. وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهل لا اله الا الله La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha La ilaha illallah 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 
اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وعنت الوجوه للحي القيوم يا أحدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله يا رب صلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower your blessings on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Shower your Rahmat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the difficulties and hardships of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we acknowledge all this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. All this is due to our having left out the Mubarak life of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, we abandon his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we latched on to the ways of his enemies, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all this has become the means of the azab coming down on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us, Ya Allah. Enable us to love the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make us his true ummahs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with his Mubarak love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us a tawfiq of doing all that which pleases you, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. The love of the ego, Ya Allah. The love of all the haram things, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. With the love of the amal of deen, Ya Allah. With the love of the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny, Shnul Qiyamat, for the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. With Ikhlas and Afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us steadfast on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us very firmly on, grounded on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Allah, take us with Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamat with Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the corruption, Ya Allah. Save us from all the things that are taking us towards and the evil and vice, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Remove the immorality from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the Behaya, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring Haya alive in the Ummah, Ya Allah. Bring simplicity alive in the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, bring the beautiful, noble akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us with his beautiful mu'amalat and mu'ashirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. With khushu and khudu, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to be all the time in your house, Ya Allah. Performing every salah in the masjid, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of remembering you all the time, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah save us from all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. 
Whoever the Muslims are suffering throughout the world, Ya Allah, remove their pain and suffering, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and asirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of Brothers and sisters, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the families, Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make us that kind of Ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah, He is pleased to see us, Ya Allah, He will embrace us, Ya Allah, He will grant us the water of Kosar, what is Mubarak have, Ya Allah, He will intercede on our behalf, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make us such Ummatis, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Save us from becoming such ummatis that cause taklif to his Mubarak heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from that situation that on the day of Qiyamah, Nabi Kareem Wasallam says to us, get away, get away. What did you do after I left? Ya Allah, save us from that kind of disgrace of the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Yallahul Alameen, raise us from the day of Qiyamah with Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with the sahaba kiram with the awliya of the ummah, Ya Allah. Yallahul Alameen, Ya Allah, whatever we've asked for, Ya Allah, out of your grace and mercy, grant it to us, Ya Allah. What we should have been asking for, I did not ask, Ya Allah. Grant us that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين والحمد لله